This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hugh Virtual Chat, and happy first day of fall. But I want to start off the show giving a big congratulations to the cast and crew of Schitt's Creek. And that is the name of the show. It's spelled, I believe, S-C-H-I-T-T, uh, apostrophe S. But anyways, to uh, Eugene Levy and his son Daniel and all the cast, they walked away with seven Emmy Awards. So I guess the uh, association showed some true love for Canadians. And then on a personal closer to home, we want to say congratulations to Connor Hellebuck. He won the Vesna Trophy. And wow, what a big, big title and trophy to win. So congratulations to you, Connor, and the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, a little sad that it's not a Stanley Cup. But anyways, I have a beautiful fall background behind me. We are going to talk a little bit about Breakout West. It is formerly called the Western Canada Music Awards. And of course, Winnipeg was supposed to be host, but we are still hosting it. So we'll find out more in how this great music festival is going to come to fruition. And the main topic, we're going to chat with our ladies about fear. So fear can immobilize us, paralyze us, but it also can bring us together. So if you thought about what your fears were five years ago or even last year, well, let's just say that um, the bigger fear today is the fear of the unknown. So we're going to talk more on how it's really stripped us down bare, um, kind of eroded all of the empathy and compassion that a lot of human beings have for each other. So we're going to try to bring back the human in all of us. So let's open the doors to all of the lovely ladies here to join us on the virtual chat. Hello. Hey, hi, Mary. Good morning. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Linda. Hello. And is hey. hey, and good to see Charlotte. you. And, uh, and Michelle, too. Great. And I believe uh, Robin should be around, too. Robin from Breakout West should be coming soon. I'm just looking at my monitor if you can see me. Oh, that is Robin. Robin Stewart. Yay, hi. Hey, sorry. Yeah, we were uh, just talking to Flara Kay. So we'll have more and all of that. Um, so I believe there's probably going to be more people joining us. So, you know, we'll just be adding the ladies as we come in. Um, but I want to start off, you know, talking about it's something fun and really kind of bringing back the happiness in our city. And that's going to be you, Robin. <laughs> break, out, break out West. I know uh, this was supposed to be like one of the marquee, well, the marquee fall festivals for music here in our city. And you know what? We all know that Winnipeg has the best, best music scene. But uh, anyways, Breakout West, September 25th to October 9th. It is happening here in Winnipeg, but a little bit more on a virtual sense, I kind of figure. So Robin, she's the executive director. And I know this has been 2020 has been a big year for you. 
<laughs> and in so many ways, besides having to kind of, uh, you know, retrain or whatever, reconfigure the festival. But I also want to say first and foremost, congratulations on your beautiful baby boy. Thank you. <laughs> so um, festival, let's go with it. Breakout West. What can we expect? Well, we're launching on Friday. We're going to announce all the winners of the Western Canadian Music Awards to kick everything off. And then we've taken what's normally a four-day event and stretched it over two weeks um, with programming every day, not full days. We just, it's, it's been such a pivot of realizing what people's schedules are right now, what kind of time capacity everyone has, what kind of online capacity everyone has, and, and wanting to also make sure that we're supporting the artists and industry that need it so much right now and, and reaching them when they have the capacity to take that in. So mm -hmm. Yeah, so can you fill us in on maybe some of the, the highlights for the week and what maybe uh, we should be uh, tuning into? Yeah, for sure. So we, uh, throughout the, the two weeks that we're having a few sessions that, that where we're going to be networking, where it was the highlight of Breakout West in the past, um, mm -hmm. getting together, sharing a, a drink with, with colleagues that you don't see um, throughout the year and you just communicate with on email and such and, and trying to just connect artists and industry in that way. And so we found a great online platform to, to do that, where you virtually bounce around a room and move into in and out of conversations and, and chat with each other. So for me, that's something I'm really excited about. Um, we also have keynotes with uh, Winnipeg's own William Prince and, uh, and, and some other um, highlight uh, speakers to, to just showcase some of the really important um, messages we're looking at this year. Um, and, uh, and we're doing a, a networking session specifically with women to and, and non-binary artists and industry to connect them to talk about um, what they're working on, what challenges they might have that they can connect and, and help each other with and, and move, uh, move those, the, that work forward. So a wow. few highlights. Mm -hmm. I, and I guess, you know, maybe just talk to you about the whole, I mean, your staff and everybody kind of coming together and figuring it out. How long in the process did you figure it out? Okay, we're <laughs> reverse engines. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's funny you ask that because in, in May even, I was being very positive with my staff going, we're going to be in person. This cannot possibly last till October. We are going to be in person. And I think a lot of people were still in that mindset. And there was a point in late May, early June, where I just said, you know what, we can't continue to plan four different possible scenarios. Mm -hmm. um, we have to think of our own mental health and our own workload and, and let's just do the safe route and, uh, and do what we know is right and, and turns out to be the best we could have done in person anyway. So uh, moving to online was the right choice. And I think that, um, you know, it was a big pivot for our team yeah. um, because there were some roles that, you know, the programming of the speakers and so forth, it really didn't change that much, but then other roles like on-site logistics and flights and accommodations, and that's just completely out the window. So um, I was, you know, I'm equipped with a, a really solid and, um, and smart team that was able to pivot and, and turn their skills to, online capacity and, and uh, different technology methods and things that can really support us. So we didn't really change a lot of our team, um, but we just sort of shifted roles and shifted skills and, and uh, everyone's really pulled together. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you know what, I guess, and it's sort of going to, you know, spill into a theme that we're going to be talking about too, uh, Robin, in the sense that, you know, talking about fear and when you're talking about making so many different plans, I mean, it is the fear of the unknown, correct? It's the uncertainty that really kind of wears us down. And, um, but I know that the 
festival sounds fantastic and we're so happy to at least have some music and some kind of form of entertainment, mm -hmm. uh, especially here in our city. And uh, lastly too, I mean, talking about pivoting, um, a group called Flara Kay coming in from Montreal is going to be doing cruiser conversations. And I believe you're gonna be on the hot seat talking to them, which I think is fabulous that they're really reaching out to industry people as well as musicians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great project. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're looking all across the country to, to try and get, they're using a really creative way to get the, the networking and the tie-ins and the, the support that they would have had if they were doing it in person. And it's, um, yeah, it, I, I think it's a really great project. And I think every artist has really had to pivot in different ways and figure out how they can you know, target what they need to do in this year and, and mm -hmm. make that happen for them. It's, I've seen more, um, I've had more conversations with industry and artist events that I haven't, you know, have been aware of and not necessarily talked to um, on a regular basis this year than ever before. And the, the fact that the cultural community has banded together in ways that it has, I, mm -hmm. I, is something that I hope is a benefit that comes out of this and just continues because, you know, being thrown something like COVID-19 in every industry is really just, you know, we can't do it without working together. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. And it's so cute. Like they're actually, uh, for, for the other ladies, they're traveling across Canada in their own RV, staying isolated. They're doing everything through a Zoom or Skype. And, uh, and then they get to play a little bit of their music and plug their new EP. So yeah, maybe we'll have more of that coming through, which would be would be awesome, but uh, I'll be looking forward to that interview. And they're gonna be here in Winnipeg on September 29th and all the conversations will start at seven on their website, flarek.com. Have to put that in. <laughs> <laughs> now, I wanna welcome Linda and Mary and Charlotte. Hey, Charlotte, is Robin gonna join us? Are they Robin? Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, it was funny because I was just texting Robin. She's in another meeting saying, there's another Robin on the call today in the same spelling. And, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. she's, uh, she's sorry she couldn't uh, okay. join us today. Yeah. So. And then uh, if Michelle is, is going to call in, then yeah, she'll join in the conversation too. So Yeah, I'm, I, I'm just texting her to see yeah. where she's at. So I sent her the link. Okay. So um, not to be... Debbie Downer or anything like that. But I mean, I was thinking a lot about, uh, you know, another heavy topic, which we always kind of end up dwelling on, but it's the topic of fear. And it has so many, I think, different meanings for people right now. But in the same sense, it kind of polarizes us and, and brings us together too. And talking about the pandemic and, and COVID-19 and you know, taking our own city right now, our cases are going up. And uh, like Dr. Brent Rusin says, we're going in the wrong direction. And so it's like, okay, so how do we move in the right direction? And there's so many, I know so many different ideas, but I think that uh, all of you can bring, I guess, a little bit to light on what fear is. How can we work, if this may be the right term, work with our fears to you know, maybe come out the other side, but also more importantly, trying to bring back the human in all of us. And thank you, Robin Priest. I am stealing a little bit of your thunder here, but I thought that was kind of a nice way to come back to it. You know, and if we could make reference to, you know, Robin and Breakout West and bringing, you know, music and connecting people, that's one way. But uh, I'm going to start with Linda because Linda, you had a, an interesting 
email response and saying, how do feel fear in our bodies? Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Tracy. I, I love these events. And hi, everyone. Hi, Charlotte. So nice to see you. <laughs> and Robin and Mary. I, uh, I'm a life coach and I help uh, women entre entrepreneurs uh, build their businesses. And so we are talking about fear all the time. And fear it doesn't always take the form that we think it is. When we think of fear, we think of, you know, like the big, like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared to do this. What I find is that fear often takes the form of um, sitting on the couch and thinking, ah, should I go to that event or should I stay home where it's cozy and safe? You know, it's more like my experience of fear is more that subtle I didn't want to do that anyway. You know, I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm not going to take the risk. That kind of subtle, um, subtle things that we almost lie to ourselves and say, it's not fear. It's just, you know, I just didn't really want to do that. I just didn't really want to get out there. Um, and that's harder to recognize in ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, it just seems, uh, it seems justified. It seems like, well, the pandemic is, you know, is terrible right now. I'm not going to put myself out there by taking a chance of going to say a networking event. You know, I'm going to stay home where I'm safe. Mm -hmm. Very, very real, real thoughts, very real feelings. But um, what I have done in this last month is I actually created a networking challenge for myself because I was finding that from the pandemic, I really got, was getting very isolated, very small. I wasn't taking chances. I, um, I was kind of shutting myself away and I knew I needed to get out there for my own business um, and for my own mental health of connecting with people and feeling that human interaction from a safe, you know, from a safe distance, masks, you know, hand washing and social distancing, but I really noticed in myself, I was, I was really kind of, you know, self-protective holding back. And uh, in this last month, I've gone out to so many more events and just creating that interaction again has been so positive. It's been just tremendously um, uh, impactful to, get together with real people and, uh, and, and have that creative spark that you can only get from being with other people. And that said, like creating this networking challenge brings up all the fears. It's all the fears of, um, uh, you know, getting out to events, like, you know, what stops you from going to an event? You know, is it like your fear of like, I'm not an expert or I don't belong here or uh, that imposter syndrome, you know, like I, sh you know, I don't have the qualifications to be in this room. Everyone else in this room is more qualified than me. Um, uh, all of those things play into the fear that holds us back. And what I talk about with clients um, is I'm not a person who believes that we are ever going to live a fearless life. You know, like some people say, you know, you just have to 
um, get over your fears. I don't think that that's possible. I think we are humans. We have human brains. Our human brains are designed to keep us safe and keep us safe from trying new things because it sees it as dangerous. So we're never going to get rid of fear. It's always going to be there, especially if we're taking new steps, if we're doing something that we haven't done before. Fear is going to be there. So it's learning to recognize how it shows up in your, in your brain. It, you know, is it showing up as um, any of those things I said, like that imposter syndrome, that um, um, just feeling of not, you know, I don't have the right clothes, you know, I don't have the right, uh, you know, I don't have business cards that are professional, all those little things. Does it show up in that way for you or does it show up in another way? Mm -hmm. And then when those thoughts do show up in, in your brain, what's happening in your body? Is it that, you know, that tightness in your throat? Does it sit in your chest? Is it that churning stomach? And if you can start to identify what's happening in your brain, how it's appearing in your body, you can change that. You can process those emotions. Um, and processing emotions looks like different things for different people. But for me, it's, it's walking, it's yoga, it's, um, it's talking to a friend, it's um, journaling, it's, uh, you know, um, you know, any of those kind of things that get the body moving, um, get the thoughts on paper. I'm a big advocate for journaling for mental health. That's huge. Um, and then replacing those thoughts, those thoughts that are holding you back from doing what you want to do um, are, are optional. Like that's the, the most important thing that I ever learned through life coaching was our thoughts are optional. We, you know, we can change our thoughts. We can practice new thoughts. And it's, again, thoughts that energize people are different for, you know, what works for Tracy might not work for Mary. What works for me might not work for Charlotte. Um, but for me, it's, um, uh, you know, a, I, I can practice thinking a thought that is going to energize me. Like, um, if I'm thinking of going to a networking event, like one of Robin's uh, networking events, I would be thinking, um, I have, I have something to offer to this group, or um, I'm just going to go and be really curious about these people that I'm meeting. Um, any of those thoughts are going to create feelings in me of curiosity, um, um, confidence, um, uh, certainty, and that will get me doing the things that I'm afraid of, that I'm fearful of, or that are just making me nervous. So um, that's kind of what I'm talking about when, when I work with fear. And I don't believe fear is going to go away, but I do believe we can find different ways to manage it and to uh, create the feelings that we need to power us through to uh, different experiences. And because the fact is, we're all still alive. We're all still, you know, having a human experience pandemic or not. And we need things like music. We need, uh, we need people and connection and relationships and uh, you know, excitement. And uh, so 
I I'm I can't wait to hear more about the this uh, music festival. I think it sounds amazing. Oh, so. well, no, I, you, you raise some really good points that, you know, quite often we don't think about that because we get so involved in our anxiety and, and fear. And so Mary now, I guess <sighs> fear has a maybe a little bit of a different connotation for, you know, your side and the work that you do. Um, good morning, everyone, or almost afternoon. Hi, uh, glad to be here. Um, I guess I, I was listening to what Linda was saying and think, oh, in my work, I totally experience fear. Um, and so I, I can think of it just from my own personal trying new things, um, but, and, and feeling those physical responses, but not allowing that to be a barrier for me and still continuing despite the fear. And sometimes I call it being fear sighted where I'm so afraid of something, but I'm also excited about something. Um, so I think of it that way, but I, I think um, in the work that I do, uh, working a lot of times with um, folks who are experiencing violence, whether that be domestic violence, um, you know, within a family, intimate partner violence, sexual violence, um, and, and being afraid to be around people or be living in a home with someone or, um, yeah, being in a relationship, right? The, the fear that comes in our um, unsafe spaces. And certainly we've heard over the last number of months about what we call a shadow pandemic and the pandemic that is kind of happening alongside COVID where, um, where often women, but it, people of all genders can be um, at home and now in at increased risk living with a partner who may be um, who may be using violence or be abusive. Um, and so the, the fear of that at a time when resources are limited and services, you know, now things have opened up again, but certainly for a while there thinking about, you know, how do I, how do I access resources? What supports are available in the community still? Um, and so it's, it's created, um, you know, conversations and creative responses by the community who provides supports to individuals um, and helping to address their fears. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a really interesting time, COVID and, and fear. So it's a, it's a good conversation to be having, Tracy. Well, and Mary, in your opinion, have we become, I guess, and like I said in that last statement, we want to bring our, our human back. Um, and I'm, I'm going to ask Robin that question too, just because of, you know, having a baby, especially in the, these crazy times. Uh, do you feel in general that we have lost our empathy and compassion a little bit just because we're in this unknown and nobody can predict and nobody has the answers? You know, especially, you know, with some of the people that you work with, is there like a sense of that or no? Not at all. I think quite the opposite for me. I think, um, I think it's, you know, mental health and stress and, and all these hot, all these important topics are really prevalent in the music industry. But right now, more than anything, um, people are understanding what else is going on in your life when you're mm -hmm. seeing people as more than just what they do in their physical office space, you're now coming into their homes in ways like this. And, and it's becoming so much more obvious. Um, I, I did a, a panel sort of pre pre panel huddle yesterday for a session we're doing on the weekend or sorry, next week on um, 
uh, mom, uh, sorry, parents in the industry, not just women, um, moms and dads. And, uh, as we logged into the set to the pre huddle, um, one of the, one of the parents on the session said, I'll just be a couple minutes because her child was screaming as the session started, because she is now in a place where she doesn't have daycare right now. So it's, you know, I think that we've just, we've just, um, made these other parts of our life so real and it's and it's been you know I think for the most part what I've experienced is people have been very understanding and and recognize that while we may feel that we have to hide these things and be a different person at work or or Mm -hmm. put this stuff aside we don't and I mean I I'm one that you know if I were traveling this year I would be traveling with my baby um and, and was lucky enough to have a lot of partners who were accommodating that and finding me nannies and, and cribs, <laughs> et cetera, um, in the planning phase. But, but I mean, because we're not in that place, we're, we're seeing um, there, there's so many more people finding that to be welcoming. And I mean, I know when I go to an event physically in person, I reach out to the other artists that are going that I know have kids and say, do you need anything? Like, cause I'm, they're setting it up for me. What else can I ask for? Um, and, uh, and I mean, there's less of that physical stuff this year, but I've done so many conversations where a little cameo pops up over someone's shoulder of their <laughs> child or, um, or they have to run for a second and, and whether it's change a diaper or, or get some lunch ready. And it, it, you know, we just, it's part of us. So. Yeah. Oh, no. Then that's beautiful to hear. I love that, you know, having a, a parent's workshop because, I mean, that's all kind of strategy and pivoting. Um, so I'm going to go to Charlotte now. I am peer support work, mental health and wellness. This is all part and parcel of fear. Um, and obviously the work that you do, you see it, you're seeing it more often. And maybe spilling off on Robin's talk about the parent side of it, you deal with parents do you feel that there is a lot of stress and physically just I'm tired of this? Um, you know, when you're, when you're talking to the parents, <laughs> she's, she's going, yes, no. <laughs> oh gosh, where do I start? Um, I was going to say, hi, Linda. And nice to see you again, Mary. And uh, nice to meet you, Robin. And thanks again, Tracy, uh, for having me on the show. Um, you know, Robin and I, and so, Robin, for, for, so you don't, I mean, you may not be aware, my business partner's name is Robin, spelled the same way. So when I refer to that, um, we spend a lot of time talking about fear, trauma, anxiety, um, in what we call supporting with understanding. And, you know, fear for us looks so different to, like, everybody's fear looks different. Um, so when it comes to families, especially parents, Um, We see a lot of heightened fear around, um, you know, what's going on with their child, whether it's adult child, if if they're supporting a a child who's struggling with mental health challenges. And a lot of times they are so on high, high alert that they just don't realize how much stress they put themselves under and a heightened reactive stage. Um, So we spend a lot of times working with families and parents to start acknowledging where they're at and and how different their fear can look like um, between their partner as well as to their child. And um, in a lot of cases, they're not really completely aware of exactly where they stand on that. And then um, just bringing back to what, what Mary was saying and Linda was saying, like, um, fear looks so different to, to so many. Um, and I was just, uh, 
in a conversation I was having with Robin yesterday, how um, she had some anxiety around an, uh, um, an interaction that she has coming up with, uh, with uh, just one person and, uh, and the difference between that and how, you know, she can go on stage in front of 2000 people and be completely at home and at ease and uh, how different that looks. And, and for some people, it would be the exact opposite. Um, so it's always being mindful that um, we watch our biases and um, our own judgment when supporting somebody who, if you think that that event to them should not have that fear because it doesn't have it for you, but um, being mindful that for them it can can look quite different. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, uh, and that's where that knowledge for parents comes into play because um, a lot of times they don't realize that, uh, you know, what's coming up for them may not be coming up for their partner. Right. So uh, quickly to Mary, I wanted to ask you, uh, you had mentioned in your, in our email conversation about a new program. Sorry, I just, you know, because it's, I'm, I'm very interested in it. And I know that you're very excited about it. So you want to share it with us and then maybe, you know, we can jump in and explore that because it's an area that I'm not very, I don't know a lot of information about. Okay. Uh, for sure. So, uh, uh, I have kind of moved my work in a new direction, um, and recently launched a, I guess, developed and launched a new online rep uh, reporting platform for sexual violence on campuses. And it just launched, uh, I guess, two weeks ago, just after September long weekend when school started back. Um, and we've created on an online reporting platform for sexual violence that's launched at 10 post-secondary institutions across Manitoba in the last couple of weeks. So we're super excited about um, increasing the pathways that survivors in the campus community have to report sexual violence. Um, we've um, been innovators in this space in creating um, anonymous reporting options, as well as ones that connect, connect a survivor or a student directly to their campus, but then also facilitate reporting directly to law enforcement. Um, so we've partnered with RCMP, Winnipeg Police Service, and Brandon Police Service. So we're super excited about, um, yeah, just about the new opportunities that are presented, especially during times of COVID when services um, on many campuses are, are closed and they're happening you know, over phone or online. Um, students are attending school remotely in many cases for online learning. And so this really reduces barriers and increases opportunities and pathways for survivors to report. Wow. Mary, can you kind of fill us in on like how big of a problem is this or, you know, has it always been there? It just hasn't been, you know, in the news or, you know, in the media, so to speak. Uh, sexual violence on campus is a significant problem. Um, in end of 2015, a film came out called The Hunting Ground, which focused on sexual violence on campus in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, kind of after that, um, in Canada, there started to be more attention paid to it with something called Our Turn, which was a national action plan led by post-secondary students. Um, and within the last couple of years, the um, kind of federally, our government has, has been putting more resources um, in place across Canada to, to support innovation and, and initiatives. Um, a Stats Canada report just came out within the last week or so saying that about 71, I think was the number, percent of students are witnesses to sexualized violence in, on campus. Um, so that's 
that's three quarters. Like that's a lot, that's a lot of students. Um, they say that around 20% of, um, of female students experience sexual violence in their undergraduate degrees. So it's, it's a, you know, when we look at the numbers of students, I think there's over 2 million students, post-secondary students across Canada, the numbers are quite staggering. So, you know, there, there, there are a lot of initiatives, certainly individual institutions are moving forward in different ways, um, but it's a significant problem on our campuses. And we also know that for those students that are experiencing sexualized violence on campus, it has an impact on them, not only in terms of the trauma and their, their, their mental and physical health, but also on their, um, you know, their, their career trajectory and how they move forward and how they maybe continue or don't continue with their classes. Um, so it has, it has all round impacts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're excited to be able to, you know, to, to hopefully um, create spaces that will enable institutions to have data with respect to prevalence on campus, because as well as being something that occurs frequently, it's also something that is, um, is significantly underreported. And sexual violence uh, to police is only about 5% uh, report. So the numbers are really low. So we're hoping that by creating new um, online opportunities to report, we then have increased data that we can then use to help create change. So that's, wow. that's what we're doing. <laughs> In a nutshell, just something simple like that. Oh, and I'm like it strikes me too on create and we had talked about this creating safe places uh, Mary you said you know creating spaces where people feel comfortable enough to come forward and I mean you know even I keep on going round and back but I mean even Robin with Breakout West and everything even though it's online it, it creates I think a space or a place where people can connect it's really kind of weird I guess well being doing this virtual chat for <laughs> For six months. I mean, we're on our 34th show. I, I, I feel like there is a, a different kind of connection. If I was one-to-one with Linda or one-to-one with Mary, it would be kind of next, next. I'm, and I guess maybe it's because I can see the other reactions in the other ladies' faces or whatever, you know, whether it's a slight nod or a smile or it's like, oh yeah, I feel that too. It's kind of like an affirmation to move forward and to talk more. Um, Linda, I know you, you, you have so many ideas turning in, in your head, but you know, creating a safe space, how important is that? And I mean, yeah, I guess for you with clients, right? For them to kind of open up to you. Creating a safe space online. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're? Yeah. Um, you know, I, um, I, I was listening to what everyone was was talking about, and um, creating a safe space is really about letting somebody be seen, like holding space to let somebody be seen, as you say, Tracy, in all of your humanness. You know, it's so often we are, um, especially online with social media and stuff, we're presenting only a very surface level of ourselves. And yet um, I know for myself, the people that I relate to the most on social media online are the people who are 
showing up fully as themselves in their complete humanity. You know, things are not going right. You know, you're just mistakes are happening. Failures are happening, but they're showing up and letting people in to that, those, um, that vulnerability Mm -hmm. of showing people your real self. And if we can get better at holding space for, for each other to show up as our real selves to show up as our complete person, um, um, that is to me creating safety. It's creating um, a place where you can just um, like authenticity is overused, but um, the more we see other people doing that, uh, the more permission we have for ourselves. If, you know, if you see somebody showing up and um, just you know, being truthful about what their experience is right now, whether it is living in, in um, fear or anxiety, um, uh, that gives permission to other people. Um, and I know for myself, like I, I didn't even really recognize that I had been dealing with anxiety for so long. I never, I just assumed that that was just how you go through life. And that if I didn't want to do something, it was just because I didn't want to do it. It wasn't that I was anxious to do it. I didn't recognize that. That was a, a disconnect for me. Until I saw people who I admired, who had very successful business, very successful coaching businesses, who were helping other people on a day-to-day basis, very openly saying, hell yeah, I've got anxiety. Oh yeah, it's hard for me to get out of bed in the morning. Every day I, you know, I wake up and the, the negative thoughts and the, you know, the, the overwhelm is there as soon as I wake up. When I heard that from other coaches and I saw these people t- helping people tremendously and offering so much to the world, but they were able to say, yeah, I've got anxiety and I, you know, I, I have learned how to deal with it and still do all the work that I want to do. That gave me permission to say, oh, it's not, mm-hmm. there's nothing shameful here. That's just a part of my experience. And I can show up. And now that I can say that, I'm also giving other people permission in my group to say, hey, I'm just, this is just what I'm dealing with. This is just part of my human experience. And I, so I think that creates safety, a safe space for other people to show up, be vulnerable, be exposed and, be human and realize by going through that, that is the path to peace and success and confidence and, you know, and security. But we do have to, yeah, we do have to go through that. You can't get there just by getting a slick website and getting the the good business cards and you can't, you have to go through that, that vulnerability to, to really have an impact in people's lives. Wow. So obviously a, a weight lifted off your shoulders, Linda. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And amazing. I think that's true for all of us. Yeah. You know that we, we all carry around these things that we think are so shameful. You know, Mary, you know, you're talking about sexual violence and sexual assault, you know, 
we're women, most of us are carrying around something very shameful that we feel is shameful. It's not our shame, but we carry it around thinking that it is something that we have to hide and we, we can't expose for fear of being judged and, and um, criticized. And um, yeah, it's, it's when you are able to really look at those experiences that have created shame for you and, and start to um, come face to face with shame. And the fact that every single person carries around shame, it, it is very freeing. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, and Charlotte, you all know about lived experience and we've heard that experience uh, expression so many times, but I think now, especially with everything we're going through, I think, it means so much, the lived experience. And then again, you know, being able to share that, which I think is, uh, is helpful. Yeah, and I was just, uh, one thing that Linda mentioned that just made me think of it, and, I'm, and Kirsten sends her best too. She's, she's off working on something, but um, part of the uh, province of Manitoba's um, support of mental health um, they, Kristen is, and Kristen's a colleague of mine, is running an amazing workshop that's free to Manitobans called uh, Moving Past the Shame and Embracing the Gifts. And uh, she just ran it last week and uh, to rave reviews. And um, we actually had people from all across Canada in it. But um, that's just part of that lived experience, peer support piece that the province is funding um, that goes part and parcel with the, the peers working in the crisis response center and um, as well as the Dauphin Hospital. And um, like I, we, we always uh, do a survey afterwards and just uh, some of the responses that are coming back um, and how we, we do, when we work with families around that too, it's just a lot of times um, parents are feeling a lot of shame and blame around supporting um, their child that's struggling with mental health issues. Um, and they just feel that, you know, they have totally messed this child up. And that's where this fear and shame comes from. Um, and then when they start to see that there's others that have similar, um, it really, you watch it start to lessen and, um, and uh, it just it totally changes. Um, and then Kirsten ends that, uh, the workshop on and, and uh, embracing the gifts in the future. So really taking a, a deep dive into what your future looks like um, once you start to release that, uh, that shame that you've been carrying. So it's, uh, anyway, it, it, it comes every, um, every, the next one she does next month is around advocating for your child. And then um, we have the getting rid of the shoulds and then the shame one starts again in, in January. So for all you guys who missed it, you can join. No, it, it's a, uh, it's pretty powerful. Uh, I was just going to ask Robin now with a little baby boy. Oh, and you, my goodness, he is gotta be, he's the cutest little thing. What's his name? Ty. Ty. Oh my goodness. Oh, like, you know, and having Ty in, in this, whatever. I mean, Obviously, you know, the fears are, were, would be in you right as a, as a mom. And I guess maybe what, what are your feelings now moving, you know, into the future with Ty and stuff like that? Well, and, uh, you know, I, I think, um, I, I don't know that, that I would say fear in that, in that side so much as just, um, 
you know, a different, different pace. I have a nine-year-old as well. And it's, it's been a long time since I've been in this position, but, um, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's different. And it's, you know, like I was saying, I, I was planning to travel with him, but I'm not going to lie. Whenever, when air travel shut down four days before I was supposed to hop on a plane to Estonia, there was some fear in that as to, you know, what if he's having a bad day and I can't make this session? And what if, you know, like there's, there's still that um, for sure. And, and, you know, it's, you know, the fear around, you know, what, when they grew up, I mean, you know, self-disclosure, I suffer with um, heart disease. So there's, you know, there's, there's, you know, bringing back to lived experience, there's, you know, fear around just life in general. And, um, and, uh, and being someone who, you know, runs an organization here, there's, you know, we're always stepping up in front of, and I, I appreciate, um, Linda, what you were saying about, um, you know, this, when you realize it, it's not just you and this, this opening up of, um, of, uh, just, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Um, and, uh, some days and, and that's fine. And I mean, obviously, you know, or honestly, my, you know, my board, my staff and my team are just really supportive of each other. And, and we have to be, cause it's, you know, we're, we're not in this alone and, um, you know, safer spaces, just pulling back a couple minutes in the conversation here, but, it's again it's also something very prevalent in our industry is as you know is the same as as yours um you know even though we're not we're coming from different places here my my board and staff just finished safer spaces training updates the last few weeks and and uh was very different this year in the, in you know wanting to bring in things with online content and you know going into you know we have we have artists who are saying that going into a, an event like this that's online where they're going to be potentially meeting with new industry and new new people that can help their career but in this format as opposed to in person and in big rooms with lots of people to them is actually lessening the fear and is you know is really interesting to how we look forward and how we're, we're going to work that they're saying you know I've always been nervous about excited but nervous about these events coming forward and now I'm just excited because I feel like it's on a playing field that I'm more comfortable with so um so it yeah it's it's you know all these little feelings from your question I get but but yeah it's um you know it's it's so interesting how how all these different areas really connect with similar themes yeah you know and I, and I think really it's truly I guess the way that we can adapt and is that being I think that's being human isn't it <laughs> <laughs> in a sense, yeah, <laughs> just adapting. But um, well, you know what, we're you know, Mary, just keep us posted about this project and and let us know. And uh, you know, it'd be an area that we really haven't you know delved on, especially like on campus. And you're right, it does have a far more reaching effect in like for life in general. And that you know, definitely there are areas where you know there could be help and peer support or whatever along the way to help to help these people so yeah. kudos on on your great work too as well so you know what i want to thank all of you ladies so much for taking the time so don't forget breakout west starts september 25th this weekend right robin i think yeah oh my god it's the end of september oh no. i know <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> i don't i don't know but um yeah and hopefully it'd be great to you know meet some of the um musicians are you know that are that are going to be joining and be great to see them and share their music so it's breakout.ca to go to the website and congratulations robin for putting it all together Thank and you. you know hopefully while we're i guess it rotates right city to city 
it rotates, but we're, you know, this year we're calling it, um, you know, everywhere and nowhere at the same time. So <laughs> next year we will be officially actually in Winnipeg is our goal. So. Oh, uh, yay. So we get a do over kind of yeah. like the bombers. They get to keep the cup for another year. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great news. Great news. And thanks so much, Linda. You know what? You're awesome. I'll, when I have a tough conversation or a tough topic, I'll make sure that I, I tune you in. So always some great advice. And of course, Charlotte, thank you so much. And tell, tell Robin, she missed meeting another Robin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So have a great Tuesday. Enjoy the weather. I think it's going to be a high of 27. So last nice. day of summer again. All right. Nice meeting. Thanks, Tracy. Yes. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of iLikeHugh.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.